This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Publicly Challenged Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Oswald, and I hope you join me on my quest for knowledge to become a better public land hunter, angler, and forager. Stick with us and who knows, maybe we will learn something together. So I'm sitting here and I'm talking to Charles Whitwam. And uh, Charles, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you, Luke. Um, My name is Charles Whitwam. I am the founder of Howl for Wildlife. Um, I am a I'm a hunter. I've been hunting all my life. Grew up in Michigan. I've done quite a bit of guiding and outfitting the last, I don't know, I guess maybe five years. And I have a real job as well. This is becoming a real job. I don't like the real But I'm job. here for, yeah. <laughs> I don't like But the I'm here for, for a wildlife on this. Yeah. So um, kind of, let's talk about that then. I mean, growing up in Michigan, deer hunting, <clears throat> I'm guessing. Uh, what else? What was it like? Yeah, in Michigan, it was. For, for me, it was small game hunting and um, pheasant hunting uh, and, and deer hunting, a lot of deer hunting, um, mostly bow hunting. Bow I hunting. lived there for 20, I don't know, 21 or 22 years, I think I lived there. Was it uh, um, like public land, leases, family farm ground? What, what kind of stuff were you doing out there? Yeah, mixture. I grew up um, basically on... 7,500 acres of, of public land, um, marshland, actually. Oh, my screen. Is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got a, my, my dad's got a giant whitetail, um, that I have in my house now that he, that he got right there. But anyways, um, and then so it was all farmland out there. So, um, you know, farmers that we knew or whatever and hunt on their property. We would go to Northern Michigan quite a bit and hunt on public land, um, tons of public land out there. And then even in the, the upper peninsula as well. 
and then had some land in southern Ohio. I hunted down there quite a bit as well. Nice. And so, then, I, then I moved out to California, and now I hunt everywhere, all over the West. Nice. So, uh, were, I mean, did you always kind of dream of hunting out West, or what was that, you know, growing up in Michigan, were you seeing magazines or something as a kid, kind of wanting to, because I mean, in my mind, I always saw, you know, like, it wasn't magazines really so much, but like certain TV shows and stuff, and you see them hunting out West, and you're like, wow, I got to get out there and do that, but... um. It wasn't really hunting in the West that I wanted to do that I remember. It was backpacking. So I, I started backpacking the West, hmm, I think when I was 19 was the first trip. And then I would just go every year. And so that started it. And, um, and then, of course, when I moved it. So I I'd never hunted the, anything in the West until I moved to California. And then I started hunting California and then Idaho and um, South Dakota and Arizona. Um, so yeah, it wasn't, I didn't, I, I don't know why I so long ago. I didn't, I don't really remember thinking I really want to go out there and, and hunt the West. I was really happy with where I was hunting. Hmm. <laughs> so, so what was the first species you went after then? In the West or, or in, in the West, of... in the West. Yeah. Pigs. Pigs. Huh? Wild pigs. California. Yeah. California. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the first and then blacktail. It was kind of at the same time, but, uh, wild pig was the first animal I took here. And then, uh, that started just a that went wild pig crazy on public land in California. Um, like dedicated a lot of time to that. And took a good took a good number of pigs um with my bow on on public land. Uh and then it's it's basically been that and blacktail hunting. And then um kind of recently got a little more involved with with bear hunting and turkey hunting. Nice. So as a hunter and living in California, obviously there's a lot of obstacles and hurdles that uh, you probably come across. Um, I don't know how long you've been out in California, but I mean, was it always like that? Or are you seeing a, a huge shift? Um, well, I moved here in 2005, but I actually didn't start hunting here until maybe 2010, I think. Um, I, I would go back, I would go back to Michigan and Ohio <laughs> because I felt like the, the regulations, the seasons, the zones, it was just set up so different. And I was like, I don't know what's going on out here. And, um, so I just, I had no desire to hunt here. I just wasn't, I just wasn't into it in that, in that way. It was strange. It was just a matter of figuring it out. Um, and I just didn't put out the effort to do that. But then once I did, not that hard to figure out, but once I did, I got a little crazy with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So though. The obstacles, I mean, um, no, I would say they've changed. You know, I haven't lived here my whole life, but, you know, certainly in the last, well, they, they, they banned hunting bears with hounds in 2013. I know a lot of things started changing then management bear management obviously changed 
on that date. Um, we have not met the quota that is set by fish and game, fish and wildlife in California. We have not met that quota to keep a healthy bear herd in check since then. Yeah. So it's had some ramifications and I think it gets worse every year. I think the numbers are out of balance. So when they're doing that, I mean, are they at that point hiring people to sharpshoot them, bait them and sharpshoot them? Or what, what, what do they do to maintain that number? Or is it just an out of check number at that point? An out of check number. I mean, sure. There's, there's depredation and there's, there's professional, you know, the state still kills bears, still kills mountain lions and all that. Um, but I don't know if those numbers are, are included in that quota. I'm not sure. It's a good question, but I know that the hunter quota has not come even close to being met. And we see a lot of bears, a lot more bears than we used to. And the, um, the ungulate population has suffered, um, because of that, there's also no mountain lion hunting. So there's just no management. There's no, there's zero management of mountain lions besides if the state comes and kills a mountain lion. Um, that there's, and I'm not saying kill all the mountain lions, they just need to be managed. Um, that has had an effect on the deer population. And because there's so many more bear, that has also had an effect on the deer population. And there's a fantastic five year study that biologists from I think two or three from California and the others um, were from uh, out of state. They did a five-year study on the, the impacts of that. And pretty interesting, the results they came up with. And basically the deer herd is suffering. Um, so yeah, that's had some, that's had some yeah. ramifications. So I'm kind of curious though, because like my uncle, and this was years ago, told me that the mountain lion population was out of control in California. And like I can't remember where it was he was at, maybe like Thousand Oaks or somewhere outside of there. And uh he, he told me he was hiking on a trail and there was mountain lions stalking him on the trail. You know, just common and he's like, That's a common occurrence throughout a lot of California that these mountain lions are just everywhere and kinda not kept in check. Is that like a pretty common occurrence then? Yeah. So mountain lion hunting was banned by then Governor Reagan in the 80s, actually. Um, I mean, he signed off on it. Um, the Now everybody has ring doorbells and everything, and the amount of, of, uh, of mountain lion footage almost every day, I mean, around the San Francisco Bay Area, it's, uh, it's pretty wild how, how many of them there are. And um, I was... I was guiding a, a turkey hunt last year and I called it a mountain lion basically into our laps. And I'm really happy. I mean, and listen, that could happen at any point, however many numbers of mountain lions there are. However, this story is being told more and more and more and more by hunters. Um, there's, I know a guy, um, Jake Leonard, he, uh, had a mountain lion attack he could tell the story the, the best but attacking him possibly or some i forget what it is but he had to shoot the lion with his bow fishing game investigated it. um it was legit 
And you're, you're just hearing more and more stories like that. Uh, and the same thing with, with, uh, with human bear encounters, you're just hearing more and more. And by more and more, I mean a lot. Every, it, it, it's in, you know, it's not just in hunting circles, regular news channels. It's like another mountain lion sighting, another bear sighting, a bear did this, a bear did that, a mountain lion did that. Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of predators here. Yeah. So when, cause you're part of Howl for Wildlife, you, you started it, run it, manage it, right? All of the above. Um, mm-hmm. And it's yeah, describe wh- what, what it is exactly. Um, so, so everybody can get an idea and maybe take action. Uh, it's, it's essentially, it's a couple of things, but it's essentially an action center where you can go to take three second actions. Um, so it basically takes all of three seconds of your time to take action on what we're trying to do on any anti hunting issue that is going on in any state. And it doesn't matter what, for most of the issues, it does not matter what state you live in to take action. And uh, that is for a number of reasons. One is we hunt out of state. We spend dollars out of state a lot. So it is in our interests. Um, the idea that it's not going to come to your state is not a valid reason anymore because we can see that how the anti-hunting pressure is in all of the states. And they go, they cross borders to do the same thing we're doing essentially. Um, to make their voice heard. So we are as well. And it's, it's pre-drafted emails. It's um, prompts for direct phone calls to the decision makers that have to do with these bills. It basically connects you. It's, it's, it's the easiest thing possible to connect you with the decision makers of these bills. And so you don't have to ask yourself, what should I write? Who do I contact? What issues are going on? What can I do as just a you know, Joe Smith Hunter, what can I do? And we filled that, we have filled that void. And that's one of the areas we have. The other areas are, uh, we make it way easier to get involved with Fish and Wildlife Commission meetings. And not just to go listen, but some of the meetings you can actually make your voice heard. So what do you say when you go there? Well, we have training meetings on that as well that goes over the particular subject that they're going to be talking about at the commission so when you show up to say something you are showing up armed with information and data and science and personal relevancy so we're trying to make activists out of hunters and get them involved because that is the that's the battle we are facing whether we like it or not and we need to meet the opposition with a larger voice, which we have. We just aren't organized um, with probably more money. <laughs> this, this whole hunting business is a giant business, billions and billions of dollars. Uh, we just aren't organized and we tend to go in different directions. All the, Absolutely. All the people in the orgs and everything, we're not unified. So that's what we are trying to do. Um, What makes this fun, more fun, is if you create an account, 
So you don't even have to create an account. You can just put your name in and your email address. But if you create a login account, which is your name and then you get a password, then every time you take an action on our website, whether you share it or if you, if you can connect your social media account. So if you like one of our posts or whatever, or you recruit people in with your own recruiting link and they sign up and all the actions you take and all the um, committee meetings that you, um, that you attend, um, just to name a few, those all have point values assigned to them. So you get points and you can use those points. Well, not yet, we're working on that. But we use those points to enter you automatically into really sweet drawings to win cool stuff. So all you have to do is take action. Your points are building. And one day you're gonna get an email that says, you just won a uh, Stone Glacier solo pack which is worth $640 or, um, I mean, the, the rewards are all over the place. So you get one reward just for taking any action. You get a code sent in the thank you email to, to a coffee company that gives you a discount. And then they also share a part of the profits back to us. So um, the rewards are kind of all over the place with, with, the, with the level of involvement and what, you know, what state you're in and the things that we're offering. But, um, and that's, that's also something that's growing but one day you will be able to use your points while shopping as well as so participating it's retailers. Pretty cool that you're doing that, but it makes me sad at the same time that you have to incentivize stuff in order to get people <laughs> to really get involved and take action. And, and it's cool though, yeah. right? It's cool that you're yep. doing that and it's great. And hopefully it gets more people to do that. But at the same time, it, I mean, it truly does. It makes me sad knowing that people can't just take the action to do it. And for years, I mean, the fight with the Second Amendment, you know, uh, hunters, a lot of hunters did not think that certain things did not apply to them when they truly did, and they just didn't realize it, you know, mm -hmm. and because, oh, well, you know, I'm only a waterfowl hunter. What do I care? I only own shotguns. Well, guess what? Those shotguns are semi-automatic or capable of holding more than three rounds if you put an extended tube and you're a snow goose hunter, whatever the case may be. And, and it drastically does affect you and, and people don't realize. And now more than ever, you're starting to see it. And, and hopefully this whole divisiveness between trad bow hunters and, and rifle hunters and compound guys and all this other and crossbows, there's such a big divide about crossbows that mm -hmm. it, it, it sickens me to see that one, you're putting a barrier up by putting out hate. You're putting a barrier up for somebody to one, get into hunting and bring those dollars in no matter what they do. I don't care. As long as it's a legal take according to the guidelines and regulations, it doesn't matter to me. Right. And, yep. and, and that's huge. And then the other thing is, is people never took action or did anything because, oh, well, it doesn't affect me. I hunt in Michigan or I hunt in Illinois, and that's all mm -hmm. I do. Well, guess what? Maybe your kid one day wants to go out west and wants to hunt a bear in Colorado or go to Arizona and bear hunt and maybe shoot a mountain lion. And all mm -hmm. those opportunities are slowly dwindling and being taken away. And it's not going to be like it's overnight. It's going to be death by a thousand cuts, just like everything else. And it sickens me. And I don't know what your catalyst was or your turning point that made you come to the realization that you needed to do something. And I commend you for the action that you've taken and, and what you've done, but what, what was your boiling point or your turning point for you that you were just like, this is enough. I have to do something. Um, 
when I saw the success of the a, a year ago, we it wasn't Howl for Wildlife yet. It was just kind of me and some of the same people that are involved with the initial push of Howl for Wildlife. We uh, fought the bear ban bill that was introduced in California last year. <clears throat> and it kind of went the same direction. You know, within five days, Meat Eater had heard about it. And so it had everybody else. And we got 27,000 signatures. And there were so many people making calls and making an uproar about this. They pulled the bill. So I asked myself, <clears throat> there okay, I'll make a statement. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm not wrong because it's been explained to me on how a lot of the organizations work. Um, there was something that happened that didn't happen before that the organizations weren't able to pull off. And it was a grassroots effort. And it got pulled within five days. Senate bill in San, in, from San Francisco, but in California. It was huge. How it happened, where it happened, um, the amount of people that were involved. So to me, I said, there is a void here. Um, and it was, how do you activate all of the the people who have had nothing to do they just rely on organizations to do the work for them and they are right they are doing the they are doing a lot of work i don't want to talk bad on them but they haven't activated the crowd i feel like yeah. and that's what we did so <clears throat> we are trying to activate the crowd <laughs> all of us all of the hunters, all the people who are just, is there anything I can do? And a lot of the question is, I don't know what to do. And a lot of it is, all right, well, they wrote an article and then here's an email. Now I have to copy and paste that all the 12 different people, 12 times to send an email or put it all into one and then write. And then I don't know what to write. So there was, there was a gap there. And, and also, Fair enough. A lot of that, um, what some people would say, maybe, um, how come this organization doesn't do this or how come that? It has to do with their nonprofit status. They are very limited on how much advocacy they can spend. Um, it's very strict if you're a 501c3. If you're a 501c4, which is harder to get, you still can only spend like half of the time on um, advocacy i don't know what the right word is but basically doing what we're doing activism is it activism or something activism like think, yeah it's something yeah. like political you you can't get involved in certain things only to a certain extent so um we are not either of those we're a nonprofit corporation but after learning a lot of this i'm like okay well <laughs> our entire mission is is kind of the, to make noise and get people involved so i don't think the 501c3 or 4 is going to work out for us so there was i just think there were some holes to be filled and i think seeing the seeing what's happened it's now been two weeks since um i launched the company uh it's huge and people want to be they want to do something they want to be um they want to make some noise they want they want their voice heard um and we made it simple they went with then we made it simple to do and we are engaging um we're engaging everybody 
I mean, that's, that's a, certainly a part of my job is I've gotten so many messages and, and e emails and um, direct, you know, whatever. And I'm talking to everybody. I'm replying to everybody. And because I'm learning, I've just been building this tool. I'm not a, an expert on the legislative process or anything. So I'm trying to surround, with, surround myself with people who know the things that I don't know. And how do we work together? And how do I work with the orgs who know so much? How do we make them more powerful? Um, how do we expand their message? How do we complete what they can't complete? So, you know, ego, the egos have to go out the door <laughs> for this to work. But the cool part is all the individual people who are helping us, you know, all the like followers or whatever on Instagram or whatnot, they're all in. Right. They're engaged. And it's, you know, we have to keep that ball rolling. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors, every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. And we have some winds so far, which is amazing. I woke up today to the New Hampshire House voting 18 to 1 to kill this bill, which according to the representative that emailed me yesterday, um, it was basically kind of complaining about all the emails, but he was like, I don't really know what it was confusing because I don't know what if he <laughs> was confused because on purpose, I made the name of this company, How for Wildlife, and it's pictures of wolves and stuff. And people are kind of like, is this a, what is this? Is this an anti-hunting group? Are they pro-wolf? I wanted to throw people off. I really did. <laughs> this, 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 this is a page. <clears throat> didn't want it to look like this is just another hunting page and whatever because we have to move beyond that it's hunters that are going to be able to do that or that need to do that but we need to move into the neutral zone of the people who don't hunt who um we can get on our side so and i wanted to say things like yes protect wildlife that's what management actually does right the anti-hunting groups they think they protect wildlife they do not so I like the looks of it. I like showing wolves because there's nothing wrong with wolves. They just right. need to be managed. Correct. They have a place, but we can show wolves. We can say protect wildlife. We can look, um, I don't know how this looks or whatever, but I like it that people second guess. They're like, what is this? I don't know. Is this a, a green decoy or whatever? You know, I love <laughs> it. I think, it's, I think it's great. But anyways, this guy emailed and he said, if your intent was to kill this bill, um, then Machiavelli would be proud because the bill's getting killed. And he told me that yesterday before the vote. And I'm like, God, I want to, I was just excited. This yeah. is exciting, right? And today that's exactly what happened. And it was Democrats and Republicans who voted to kill this bill. Um, and they, the people that were on the ground there, um, they told me that, that committee saw 
something they've never seen before. And the, the amount of people that either showed up there, the amount of emails that they got, it was overwhelming. Good. Absolutely overwhelming. And there was a lot of people involved. It wasn't just us. We had a, we had a lot to do with, with the emails for sure. Um, but it's, it's a group effort and we've had a small success in Washington to, to kick it down the road um, for them to reconsider the spring bear hunt. The, the Colorado bill um, right now to outlaw hunting um, mountain lion, bobcat, and they also say lynx, but that's already federally protective. See, they're crafty like that. They like to throw in some stuff that's already an existing law or whatever, just to get the emotional base of people. Um, that originally had four sponsors two weeks ago, less than two weeks ago. Now it's down to one. Mm, I think it's going to get killed. Um, I hope when you air this, that it is. That would be but awesome. <laughs> there's, there's been a, a, I mean, that's been the biggest, that's the, that's the issue for whatever reason that people have latched on the most is, is, is the Colorado, what's the Colorado the, bill. What's the status with the Arizona, with the bear and, uh, and it's, it's, um, it's kind of a win. That was sort of a, um, I don't know if it was a mishap. Okay. So they had Arizona fishing game had a meeting and someone in that meeting, I believe had said the anti hunters were really speaking out about trying to ban predator hunting there. And we hadn't heard from the hunters on this. So that's actually why we launched when we did, because a guy in Arizona, um, John Stallone, that's, he's, he's the only person that's actually officially on the, on the board of Hall for Wildlife with me. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he's like, do you think we can launch this? I'm like, oh man, I don't know. We just did it and it worked out and um, the, the timing couldn't have been any better, but it was basically for that to, to comment to rulemaking how hunters feel and they got the message they are not they are pro science based wildlife management on that on that committee but we wanted to make our our message heard um, so we're going to see where that if if anything evolves there and where that goes and we'll we'll just um we'll just change the action to to evolve with it if we have to yeah, but I, that's sort of where it started, and and um, like the day that we launched, I think a couple bills came out, and then the following days a couple more, and all of a sudden it's like, holy cow! Glad we did this because there's so much stuff coming out. There's so much anti hunting, you know, bills being uh, be, being introduced, and um, we have a chance to be on it. Yeah, I think so honestly, all I've been doing honestly, I think that's the most I've seen at one time that I can remember in my lifetime, or at least know of, right? With modern social media and everything, word travels a lot faster. But I can honestly say, I think this past month or so has been the most I've ever seen. And and it's something to be said when you can actually get these bills to be dropped and get people to actually start being active in their voice. And I think kind of everything that's happened over the past two years anyway, people are just kind of tired and realizing that you give politicians a lot of times an inch and give them the control and you realize you're not going to get it back. 
you're not going to get that freedom back. You're not going to get that voice back. So people are starting mm-hmm. to really stand up, be heard, which is good because they're actually doing something for a positive cause, right? They're, they're not just sitting on the sidelines any longer and saying it doesn't affect me. Hopefully they're realizing that it does. Uh, one of the things you mentioned, though, is the non-hunter. Maybe not necessarily the anti-hunter because I don't think we're ever going to change them or change their mind. And that's fine as long as we can have more that have a voice of reason and, and do it respectfully to get the in-between people, the ones who are kind of neutral. Not They don't hunt, but they're not really anti-hunting either. And uh, what's kind of the mission statement and the plan there to try and move forward and, uh, and get, get them involved or, or maybe bring attention to it? I mean, one of the things you said was, you know, the whole how for wildlife, right? You're, you're speaking up for wildlife and wanting to protect it, preserve it, and maintain it in a healthy, sustainable manner to where everybody can enjoy it, whether you're a naturalist, whether you're, you know, a scientist or, you know, whatever it may be, photographer, and you may not hunt. But those people need to get on board, too, and realize, hey, look, hunters, we supply a lot of the dollars for the research the the data that goes into all these different things that protect and preserve the species of all these different animals. And I saw you posted a really cool video too the other day, which I would, I wish you would have put it into a reel that way everybody can copy it and it'll play in their story when they do it. That way they could send it. it? That's how you do it. I'm just learning. Yeah. So when, if you make it as a reel, you can share that reel and the reel will play within everybody else's story because everybody, it was just like, a frozen picture of somebody hugging a uh, a hunter, right? And and you kind of oh maybe God. got the message if you are a hunter and you understand and you've looked into you know Pittman Robin Robinson Act and all that or Robertson yeah. Act and and you know all those different yeah. things, excise taxes on all kinds of stuff and and gear. But um, oh. y- you know people don't really know if they're not in that realm or hunting licenses and where the money goes. So kind of what's what's the plan? How are we going to get them involved other than just tricking them with a logo and making them think we're speaking up for the boys? What, what are we going to do, you know, moving forward? And uh, what's kind of the message, mission statement there? So the plan is to make the anti-hunting movement irrelevant. Um, and we have truth. We have integrity. We have data. We have science. We have the it might not be perfect but we have the most well-devised management tool on our side we have all of that on our side we don't have the passion or organization yet so videos like that i'm glad that you saw it because and and we are going the plan is for us to adopt that um and make that video for multiple states um and to mainstream messages like that to raise the funds to get billboards put up that show where the money from hunting and fishing goes to um 800 i don't know 826 million dollars or something and i think that's what it was whatever it is it's a huge number in 2021 that went to wildlife management um, spark that conversation. So, and get people being like, huh, what? Look it up. And they go look it up. And then when it, that, that's going to make it harder 
for the anti-hunting movement to do what they do because the anti-hunting movement just puts up whatever they want to put up and there's no retort to it. Like we might talk about it on our own or in our own circles, but there's no retort to the general public. Right. Yeah. So that's all the general public hears. So, and the, anyways, I'll back up, but <laughs> that's what I think we need to do. I mean, that's where I think dollars should be spent. That's where I think our focus should be. How do we get there besides just advertising, um, besides that mainstream advertising? If we can, activate as many hunters as we can and get them educated on the issues so then when they can go when they go talk about it they can either talk about it or they can be like check this out um go to like every hunter should know and should spend some time on the um congressional sportsman's foundation it's just full of infographics of amazing data on where money goes for each state you can click on your state and be like how much money is how, how big is the fishing industry in california how big is the hunting industry how many jobs does it provide where does the money go you can you can click on each state and find all this stuff and it's it you can share that with anybody and they'd have to you know if they're being honest with themselves and they really want to think about these issues um they would have to really consider that so then when you go to them to say hey there's this bill out and we want your support. We want the non hunters support on this because if, if, if they've been educated a little bit, if they've shown a little bit, we can say when the humane society of the United States is out there and they're saying, we're trying to protect wildlife. No, you're not. You're actually not. You are actually hurting wildlife by taking away all the management tools that actually hurts wildlife because too many animals, there's only so much habitat, right? And there's only so many ungulates that get, that get born every year. And if there's too many predators coming in, they take calves. If there's too many bear, they steal the already one deer a week that a mountain lion takes, but bears come in and steal whatever that mountain lion killed and forces the mountain lion to go get another animal. There's, it's, just a, it's just a waterfall effect. So we just need to start by getting involved Yeah. <laughs> where this is, where this is going to go. I don't know, but I know the more that we do, the more that we learn, the better it's going to be because we're not doing anything right now. So anything's better. Yeah. Anything's better. Let's so, start. Let's start there. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So, um, kind of walk me through then what, what would it, what does it do when somebody actually does create an account, you know, other than the, the point system and stuff like that? Uh, what actions do they need to take from that point? Creating an account, uh, donation, membership, what, what, what's the whole uh, thing behind it? What can they do or what, you know, how far can they take it? Um, creating an account is just to keep track, essentially, of your, of your um, I mean, it makes it easier for me to, to uh, email you, to connect to you. Um, although you don't have to do, I mean, you, there's an opt-in on, on just the action center if you want to be up to date with emails. So um, 
creating the account just gives you more access to, to what's going on and you can see what it is that you've done um, and gives you access to those rewards. Now, hopefully this is in the next two weeks, there will be an upgraded user dashboard so you can see not only what you've done, but what you haven't done um, as more issues come out. And also an interactive map of the United States. So if there is an issue going on in a state, that that state will glow. So you're not just clicking on states trying to find stuff. You'll you'll see it. It'll glow. You can click on it and see everything that's going on in that state. So just making making it easier for for you to to um, to figure out what it is to do. So the rewards are going to get a lot cooler. Um, they're going to be a lot more involved. And a part of that. So you were saying like we have to offer that to get people involved. Um, this goes into the conversation about, I, I think the entire industry needs to change. The entire industry needs to dedicate a certain percentage of the energy that is spent at least on social media to some sort of activism and getting hunters involved. So if you are a brand, like a clothing brand, and you have pro staff or whatever, there's rules, you know, like you have to post this much, blah, 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 do this, talk about us, all that. Um, new rule, can we get them to also say, you know, 20% of your post has to be how to get a, a new hunter involved or how to take action on issues in every state like that. If we just did that, think about how powerful that would be. If the whole entire hunting community just sort of handshook on a, on a, an oath and said, this is who we're going to be. Think about what that would yeah. really cause. So from top to bottom, you got, and I'm just going to bring a name up. I'm not picking on them or anything. Cause I know, all these guys and all these brands, they do things. A lot of times it's behind the scenes. A lot of times it's not, whatever. But a part of like, you know, Cam Haynes, when he makes a video or something, he's talking about hunters. Of course, I hope it's us, but hunters, you want to take action? You want to be really fast? Blah, blah, you know, whatever he says, whatever he wants to say, like, we got to make that a part of, I think, of our, of our mission as a whole, as this industry as a whole. And how do we get all of these organizations at state level and national level and everything to, mm, I feel like they kind of compete with each other. How do we get them a little more streamlined yeah. to, to organize all of the voices and all of the people to have, to really stand up and make, and, 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 and make a difference and have them just have a similar goal, a similar mission um, that, to connect everybody. And I, I, I really do think we can do that. It's 2022. And you know what people told me the most? They're like, we've always wondered why this hasn't existed yet. <laughs> <laughs> and because it's not, listen, I don't have a tech background or anything. And I was just like, I got passionate about it. And I'm doing this whole thing as far as the the website and building it and social media it's just me <laughs> so don't tell me that and i'm nothing special i'm not i'm motivated um but 
there's just no excuse. There's no excuse for the entire industry to be better and to offer better options and better tools for people to use to get them involved. Yeah, it's because uh, people are too busy promoting Mountain Dew and whatever clothing brand or whatever. I'll go as far. I get as it. To they say, have they have to do that. I mean, that's like, fine. I don't want to. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. you on that. That they have to do that. What they don't have mm-hmm. to do is pose with a duck hanging out of their mouth and plaster it all over social media, or drop their pants yeah. and have a duck coming out of their their crotch or their zipper and stupid stuff like that. And take a look at my that's Woody and things like that. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the kind of stupid stuff that, uh, yeah. or I'll even go as far as to call out Matt Busbis and the stupid stuff he does. I mean, it's 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 nonsensical. It doesn't need to happen. It sheds a negative light. And there are certain companies, which I've said to some people that may or may not have brought it up on other podcasts, to the owner, which mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to listening to that when it comes out, um, of a certain camouflage company that has a bunch of people on their pro staff that do stupid stuff like that. So I'm kind of interested to see the remark there. But I'll go as far to say that any company that doesn't make their product here in the United States and give 2% of conservation, they have to give 10 because <laughs> of the stupid mm-hmm. stuff they do. So impl- yeah, I'm, I'm going to implement a tariff on that and say that that's what they need to do in order to prove that they truly care about hunting and not always the economic dollar that's involved with that. But yeah, I, I think that will, I'm not for, you know, I don't want to like kind of can't, I don't want to cancel anybody or whatever. Be like, Oh, you didn't, it will come. They're either going to hop on the train or not. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, I like, get it. Yeah. It's, it's our, our goals are way above that and it's not about them. So let's do our job and they'll be forced to make an impact and the public, you know, I mean, it's all, it's all, it's all marketing and it's all perception. So let's do our job. And I think, I think we'll, we'll get them. I hope so. You know, I truly do. I hope so. Cause I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that goes on. That's just, mm-hmm. doesn't look good for us. You know what I mean? And it's just one there, more thing there, that, that's going to definitely can be a, 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 a bad look for sure. <laughs> I mean, that's a tough one. Cause I, for one, it's so hard to relay the experience of a hunt. Um, no matter how genuine it is, but to, to, to get that across, to get that, those emotions across to somebody who doesn't understand that it's God, it's so hard to do. But I think our message, I, I, I think if we can accomplish the things we're talking about before this, that's, that's, that's where we have the most power. Um, Cause there's always going to be, there's always going to be people who do stupid stuff. There's always going to be people who do things that don't look good or whatever else. It's, it's always going to happen. Um, but that doesn't need to represent the entire hunting community. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I mean, and the thing is, is, I mean, there, there was idiots 50 years ago that did the same stupid stuff. You know, I mean, the the only difference was, is it was on, you know, Polaroids or or whatever type of camera equipment back then. And the only guy that saw it was the guy at the drugstore or the photo shack, you know, but now everything is connected and word travels and it just amplifies the idiots that are out there. They've always been out there. There's still probably the same number. It's just 
now it's one probably amplified as how fast it travels everybody can see it and two um now a lot of people want to do it for attention they they see that you know it yeah. gets it gets momentum whether it's positive or negative on social media and people crave that attention which is to me and, a bigger issue <laughs> and people and cultures have changed and the growing up in michigan i just you know i think it, i said this earlier i i didn't i didn't know people didn't hunt for a while yeah um and my one of my first memories is um and we had a small farm one of my first memories is is um i don't know if it was my mom or my dad chopping the chicken's head off and you know um i see things through a different light <laughs> through a different lens and I also am understanding and appreciative of the fact that there are people who do not and have not been exposed to that. So they might eat meat. They might not even think about it. They probably do eat meat. Most, most of them do. But we got to figure out a way to reach, to reach them. If, because their motivation should be like, our motivation to reach them should be, do you love looking at wildlife? Do you go backpacking? Do you go camping? Do you go skiing? What, whatever. You like to spend some time in the outdoors. You're seeing, um, you know, elk here in California and you're seeing, you, you know, you name it, turkey and everything else. That is a result of wildlife management. And we have the proof to show that, especially if you go back to when we were really screwing up stuff a hundred years ago or more. And there was, you know, not a lot of these species left. Yeah. And what was done through management practices is now why you're also is now why you're seeing them again. And these things are put in place. It's the North American model of conservation, model of wildlife. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Wildlife conservation, the four pillars, so, right. Or is it five? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's seven. Isn't there? Is there? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know them all. Um, and that's the only ones I know. <laughs> yeah. See, we need to educate ourselves so we can educate others. Right. You so that's all part four. of <laughs> That's all part of getting the information, spreading it out. So if people want to find you, find uh, Howl, Howl for Wildlife, get involved, take action, um, join and create an account, where do they go? What do they do? And how does it happen? Uh, howlforwildlife.org, uh, Instagram, org.com. It'll just forward it. Instagram is, you can type in how for wildlife or how underscore org. Same thing with Facebook and same thing with Twitter, but basically those are just uh, repeats of what goes on on Instagram. Okay. And then if they want to go to the website, what is it again? Howforwildlife.org. Howforwildlife.org. And then create an account, take action, um, different tabs, all that kind of stuff. Is it all on there? How's it go? It's all, you cannot get lost on this website. Perfect. Make um, it dummy proof, it's, right? It's, yeah. And exactly. And I think we're even going to improve that. But it's, it's take, like, you want to know where take action is? It says it right at the top. Take action. Awesome. And that's where all the action, that's where all the action ends are. Um, do you want to join? Right at the top. Join the pack. So there's only really three features on the whole website. There's a little sub menu for your points and, different stuff going on, but it's very simple what we want you to do. Very straightforward and it's a very fast process. 
And if they want to make a donation or something like that, is that on the website as well? Or hit the donate button. Okay, perfect. Um, I appreciate you coming on, Charles, and uh, I appreciate not only you coming on. I want to say I appreciate what you're doing, um, what you're trying to achieve, and uh, and and the future that you're trying to maintain for not just. Uh, you know, us hunters, but future generations as well. I think that's super, super important. And I'm glad that you're doing it and uh, giving us a platform for our voices to be heard. So thank you so much for coming on and uh, doing what you're doing. Thank you, Luke. I really appreciate it because this is, um, this has really helped spreading the message anytime I'm on with anybody. Anytime I can talk about it is, um, is great because we're only going to work if more people get involved. Absolutely. Once again, man, thank you so much. Once again, thank you so much for listening to the Publicly Challenged podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to. Also, if you could leave a review, that would help us out. And you can check us out on Instagram or at publiclychallenged.com. And once again, thank you so much for listening to the show. to go like just full-blown redneck on these fish this is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here from the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters enjoy the best fishing panama city beach has to offer during chasing the sun sundays at 9 30 a.m eastern on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment one of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on waypoint tv don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.